It's time for the Thursday Night Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. The Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show is presented by Mechdyne. Headquartered in Marshalltown and founded by Iowa State grads, Mechdyne is a collection of technology companies that remove obstacles to insight and understanding. Now, here is your host, Jared Stansberry. Welcome into the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered as always by our friends at Mechdyne. If you want to learn more about them, check them out online, mechdyne.com. Uh, on tonight's program, we will be talking a little bit later on to Ross Peterson. We're going to talk about all the big news in college basketball today, a little bit of the ramifications of Chris Beard taking the head coaching position at the University of Texas, Roy Williams stepping down with the University of North Carolina, and then we'll get some of Ross's thoughts on name, image, and likeness because he's really good at that conversation. I thought that we had uh, had some really good stuff to say. Um, But first things first, spring football has started up in Ames earlier this week. The Cyclones, the top 10 Iowa State Cyclone football team getting ready to gear up for the 2021 football season. And that means that we've got to go to the Christmas elf, Jeff Woody. Hello, sir. It's uh, it's like a Christmas in July situation where only needed for a month in April. April. It's yeah. Christmas and metaphorically, you don't say Christmas in April, Christmas in July. It's because the middle of the year, it's like a half birthday of Christmas. Well, it is April fool's day. So we had to bring the biggest fool on the cyclone fanatic staff into the mix today. I respect how well that transition was done. That applause. Good work. Good work. Hey, we've only been doing this for like six years. And at this point I I would think that I've learned a a thing or two, or at least I would hope so about dissing your co-host. Yeah. Well, you give me a lot of ammo in the last six years, if we're being honest. Well, anyway, football's back at least for a a month, if nothing else to celebrate other than the fact that basketball season is over and the next one can start and football season is now closer to the next basketball season. It is. Uh, that is true. Uh, we're just going to talk some storylines, some things maybe you're interested to find out that man, this, I don't know that I've ever been like less excited for spring football at Iowa state. It turns out once your team is actually pretty good spring football, not as big of a story anymore. Like you're, you, you know, everything about the team. What is there to learn in the spring? You know, well that and layer on the fact that you're going to return 90% of your starting roster. So there's not really a whole lot that is going to that one that one would imagine is going to change. So, uh, you know, this big Marvel guy, uh, there's one thing that Shuri says, which is uh, black Panther's little sister says, how many times can I tell you that just because something's good or just because something works doesn't mean it can't be better. So the, the way that the spring football is going is probably something like that, which is that it, it, it works. So how can, how can we make what works into something that's better? So any roster changes or starting lineup changes or scheme changes or stuff, uh, those are only likely going to take place in positions where somebody is just, I mean, run and rough shot through spring football. And like, like Orion Vance did in fall camp before two seasons ago, before 2019, where it was, we can't keep this guy off the field. It'd be stupid to do that. So the only way that I would imagine you're going to see a tremendous amount of upheaval is going to be when somebody just out and out plays awesome or you get a newcomer that is again, playing awesome because there are so few spots that are being vacated that it's going to be hard to just have, you know, a person step in and replace it. So yeah, it's not really that interesting when 90% of your roster is back and you got like three all Americans that are returning plus 
eight, what, eight or nine or seven or eight all conference players. Uh, more like so, 15, 15 all conference guys. If you include the honorable mention, yeah. Like yeah, of yeah. the first or second team, like you have a solid chunk of really good players returning. So yeah, it's not really that interesting in this particular off season, I think just because yeah, the, the COVID returns of seniors being able to come back plus the guys coming back that were underclassmen plus the fact that most of your questionable positions are kind of taken care of. So yeah, it's, it's cool to know that like, all right, well, let's just get some practice in, I guess. Well, and I'm interested to know your, your thoughts too, on the changes that Matt Campbell has made to the way they're conducting this spring where they're kind of taking a hybrid of what they did last year, like in the months of July, June and July, where they, couldn't do contact stuff because of the pandemic. And, you know, I know this week they're only in helmets. Uh, they're not doing anything with pads. And, and I think that from what I understand, the only pads they're going to do are at the very end and they're not going to do a ton of 11 on 11. That's really just to do one-on-one type drills. You know, how are things like that? How is that different than maybe it was when you went through spring practice? How much of that stuff was full contact compared to what you know, I don't know how much you know about what Iowa State's doing this year, but it's, I think, a pretty bare bones on field version of spring football compared to like the traditional spring practice. Well, I, just because it works doesn't mean it can't be better. And so I think a lot of the things that you can credit Coach Campbell for, um, or even let's not say credit, uh, I think that you can give credit to Coach Campbell is innovation is not a thing that he looks down upon. And it's actually like, all right, how can we make this? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And does it make sense that we're doing it? And if it doesn't, then why are we doing it? And then coming up with a better way to do it. So going into last season, understanding how much better, and I would imagine how much improvement they saw from not just grinding people into the ground and going, let's get their brains sharp. And then let's see if we can understand the technique stuff as we get going. I think you also can probably attribute some of this to what we were talking about before, which is there's not a whole lot of turnover. So you don't need to see um, a lot of guys get real full snaps. So when I was, when I was playing and what I would imagine 97% of college football players experienced even now is your spring football is predominantly allocated to younger guys and position battles that you're not hundred percent sure of. And then also kind of just like taking a shot at, let's see what else we got. Maybe we can run a more four wide receiver set. So you just practice four wide receiver sets just to see how it looks. So it's like a tinkering ground. Well, they don't have a lot to tinker with. They know what works. They know what doesn't, they know who they want to keep healthy. So their plan is let's get their brain sharp because it worked last year. So let's apply that those principles to this year. So I think what's cool about it is it is taking a different approach and innovating more forward out of an old methodology of saying like, you know what, the only way to get better at football is to have three and a half hour long practices where you tackle in every single period. All right. Well, that was cool in 1950. And so being able to progress this forward, this might be because they still want to be protective with COVID. They might be because they still want to keep guys healthy. It might be because they felt like it was better for last year or better last year and might work this year. Not a hundred percent sure what the real reason behind it is, but advancing it with a lot of, uh, a lot of thought in what you can do differently. I, I really like, again, especially looking at this roster, that there isn't a lot that you need to worry about. What questions do you have about this team going into the spring? 
I think who there are certain positions that were sort of key positions that we have, I think an idea of who could fill in for, but what I'm curious of is what it actually looks like in practice. So, um, the positions that I want to, that I'm curious about are, um, who plays at that, who becomes the solid number two wide receiver? Like who is a consistent number two wide receiver threat? Because we saw Sean Shaw towards the end of the year, start to do some of that, but he was, uh, he was a, um, uh, like a Brandon Marshall type where probably not going to be a throw it. You're not going to, it's not Hakeem Butler. You know, it's not Alan Lazard where you're going to get, you know, 95 catches on the season or, you know, some absurd, I'm, that's an absurd number, but you're not going to get something that's a really high volume guy. He's going to be four or five receptions a game for 65 yards, maybe a touchdown every one or two weeks. Great. That's good. But you have um, your tight end group. And then you have Hutchinson as your main threats. And there's somebody else that should come up from that. So I think that's the Jackson kid at slot receiver is probably the one that I think could be in my head is sort of earmarks to have a potential like breakout spring or breakout position. But I want to see who the other wide receivers are and what that looks like in practice. What about Tariq Milton? Getting him back and being him being healthy. Yeah. As long as he can be healthy. I wonder if they want to move him more to an outside again with this is a thing that can happen in spring. And just during the summer is if the Jackson kid becomes a really consistent threat, then he can become a slot player because I think Tariq is more, his body is more of a slot receiver, but his skill set is more of a outside receiver. But the problem is you have two really big outside receivers, which they like. So can is Tariq then going to rotate in and out? Like what is his role end up being? Cause he's too good to leave off but he's a little bit out of position playing a slot receiver, even though he got healthy here or there during the season. So I think the other half of the wide receiver group is one thing that I'm looking at. Uh, another thing that I'm looking at is w- what five end up on the offensive line, because we talked about it in a bunch on fart that uh, you have like eight guys that are legitimate, solid big 12 players and probably two or three NFL players in that group. Now, which one of those five, which one of those eight end up being your starting five? And I think that's an exciting thing to know that you have that much talent, but it's also just like, I mean, this could go seven, 10 different ways of who's playing in what positions. Absolutely. All right, man. We, uh, we got to move along, but, uh, we'll get you on a podcast next week and expand on some of this stuff. Sound good. Yeah. It's like I said, it's Christmas, it's Christmas in July in April. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Jeff Woody, for joining us here on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. We're going to bring in Ross Peterson, talk a little bit about the recent news in in college basketball, the impact that that can have on Iowa State here when we come back on the Morning Sports Station 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hey guys, it's Williams here from Cyclone Fanatic on behalf of my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They've been a part of the Cyclone Fanatic radio show here Thursday nights on KXNO for a really long time. We're, we're talking like half a decade now. They're great supporters of what we do and in return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. Not only do I get the best service in town, but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. 
All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet. Or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams. I take a lot of pride in how my lawn looks. I have. I grew up in a family where my dad owned a lawn care service. I, it's just in my blood. That's why I trust my friends at A-plus Lawn and Landscape each and every year. I've been a customer of theirs for probably eight to nine years, something like that. I let them handle the chemicals. And I also know how important fall aeration with overseeding can be for your lawn. AplusLawn.com. You can call them at 515-368-8603. Let them do the hard stuff. You can still mow, do all that fun stuff. Of course, they'll do it for you if you want. But I let them do the difficult stuff. AplusLawn.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Got to get that aeration done, guys. Time's running out. Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, maybe you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NML. LS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. This year has brought challenges unlike any other. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that cyclones come together in times of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, an initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation, cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have participated, including 30,000 first-time donors. The gifts thus far total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Eclair, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones! Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job. 
job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Hey guys, it's Williams here for the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. This is not just a standard like, oh, I'm going to endorse the Iowa Clinic. No, this is real. I've gone to the Iowa Clinic now for, well, basically since I moved up here. So we're pushing a decade now. Dr. Nicholson in Ankeny is my go-to guy. But I've also had other stuff, you know, specialists I have to go to, all that stuff. And you know why I need to go see the specialist? Because I'm a man and I go to the doctor because I want to be there for my two little girls. I want to be able to walk them down the aisle. I want to be there to hold their babies and be a grandpa someday. Be a man. Go to the doctor. IowaClinic.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you their way. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. I'm your host, Jared Stansberry. As always, presented by our friends at MechDyne. Going to welcome in, uh, I think this is his first appearance ever on the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show. It's uh, it's Ross Peterson. Because normally, up, you know, for years when you guys did this thing, I was down at El Bait Shop, and you guys were up at, like, Whiskey River mm-hmm. or one of those places. Chris would always have to leave. Yeah. And yeah, but I always loved listening to you and Bloom. Uh, I love Tim Mullen. He's, uh, in fact, I just bought a microwave from Nebraska Furniture Mart the other day. So Shout I loved Tim. Loved Tim and the gang. Uh, out there, and I always liked listening to you guys, uh, you know, because it was Cyclone Talk without Chris. Yeah. And I think that's that's like the perfect mix of Cyclone Talk for me is without Chris. It's just all about not having Chris. If it, if it doesn't have Chris, it's much more palatable. Apparently you and TJ Otzelberger can agree on that <laughs> based on what uh, he had to say on and when he came on your guys' show last week. But, man, now Bloom's lazy. He doesn't even come on the show anymore. He's just, he Listen, just mailed man, it in, man. It's a 20 pandemic 21, Yeah, right? He, right. Can, he, he can get away with it. Right, for sure. Well, you invited me to come in today, and I am, I'm excited about this. And then it, I, you invited me to come in. I think they talk about some other stuff, but then all this coaching things happened, and this uh, this will be a fun conversation with you. Yeah, dude, it's been a crazy day, man. So, I mean, <laughs> I woke up this morning, and, you know, it's April 1st. I think everybody thought it was April Fool's Day. The- I'm, okay, I, I'm not an April Fool's guy at all. Yeah. I, don't, I don't give a crap about it. Um, I did not think about that combination until Murph and Andy were talking about that. And, I, and then it was like, oh, yeah, I bet a lot of people were like what you were just saying, where you woke up and you heard... Because first, the first news of the day was Chris Beard, right? No, it was Roy Williams. Was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. so what, well, and, I'll, and I'll say, like, I think during the season there was some talk, because I have a friend who is a Carolina fan. Me and him talked about, at one point, I was like, who do you think would ever take the Carolina job if he were to retire and move on? 
and I, you know, at that time, I don't think we were really like, we thought that that was going to happen, but it was just a, it's a thing that I think people thought was coming down the pipe, you know, in the relatively near future. Uh, obviously Roy announced his retirement today after 35 seasons as a, a head coach. Uh, I want to say he spent 18 as the head coach at Kansas and then another 17 now at, uh, at North Carolina. But man, I mean, talk about a, an illustrious career, a guy who went to, I think, seven Final Fours, uh, won three national championships in his time at North Carolina, and, you know, all of a sudden, maybe the best job in college basketball is open out there in, in Chapel Hill, and uh, I was I joked with my friend that, you know, Roy might as well just come and get a retirement home in Iowa after how many yeah. kids he liked <laughs> to steal from us, how much time he had to spend out here. What what do you think, man? What what do you think about, the, about uh. this opening? Roy Williams. You, you might have more perspective on Roy just because you would remember his time at Kansas better than I would. It, exactly, and that's—I wouldn't say I have, I have better perspective because you are much more of a basketball junkie, and I think you'll understand his uh, kind of place in basketball history a lot better than I do. But I certainly do think of him as a Kansas coach, which is weird to think back on now because I know that Roy Williams has a couple of uh, of NCAA titles. I honestly, this morning when I heard this news and we were kind of kicking it around in the Charter House office, in my mind, he had won one of those with Kansas. But it was Larry Brown that won the title with Kansas, right? Yeah, and in then, 1988 with Danny and the Miracles. And, and then yeah. and got in trouble for that because of Danny Manning. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And that was when Roy came in after, right out on the heels of that. So, and again, I was, I was 10 when that happened, so that kind of is a weird time when you're growing up. But Roy Williams, to me, will always be... Kind of a, there's a, there's a slash there, but it's Kansas then North Carolina. Uh, guys that are older than me, they understand him as a longtime assistant at North Carolina that was tied to that job. And every time it opened up, he was rumored to be going there. Or every time they thought that Dean Smith was going to step away, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think that they see him as a North Carolina guy. Guys that are your age, and he ended up winning a couple national titles with North Carolina, and the the dudes he produced that came through that program during that time are just amazing. So. Um, I, I understand everybody else seeing him as a North Carolina guy, but to me, it is the the Murph and Andy poll today was: Do you see him as a North Carolina coach, a Kansas coach, or the coach that stole players from Iowa? And that's what you're alluding to, and that's what I really see Roy Williams as. Rafe LaFrance was the first one. Nick Collison, um, uh, right in that Kirk group Heinrich. was Kirk Heinrich. Thank yep. you. And then, of course, goes into North Carolina and he grabs Harrison Barnes and he gets Marcus Page. And it just on and on and on. It seemed like he always had that pipeline tied in really tight. And he didn't get good ones. He got the best ones. Right. Which was even more frustrating. Um, yeah, so th- that got driven home to me. I, I got to think I was, Rafe probably went to Kansas in like 92, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think that's and right. He was, in that range. I think he was a senior with Paul Pierce when Paul Pierce was a was he really? sophomore or junior. Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. it's crazy to think as good as Roy I mean, he won... I think he won eight hundred something games in his time at uh, in his time as a college head coach. I have I, it. He's overall as a, as a head coach nine oh three and two sixty four. Yeah, a seven seventy four win percentage. Yeah, and that's insane for the <laughs> amount of time that he was a head coach. But that Paul Pierce is like the only NBA All Star that he ever coached in all of that time, and that's what makes it more impressive. Just what he was able to do in in those thirty five years. But you know. He had great college. That's he a had good great college. He had great players. college yes, players. Yes, and that's what I think. Not only did those guys like 
to have good college careers, but they won so many games. You know, uh, Marcus Page obviously went to a national championship game, hit a huge shot. Would have been that would have been absolutely legendary if it hadn't been for Chris Jenkins and Ryan Archie Diacono hitting one three mm. seconds later to win the national title. Uh, you know, Harrison Barnes yeah. obviously won a ton of games in his time at, at Carolina, and then Kirk Heinrich and, and Nick Carlson went to a national championship game where they lost to Carmelo Anthony in Syracuse in 2003. But that's what it, it'll be weird to see someone else on the sidelines at Carolina. Yeah. Because even though he did spend all that time at Kansas, he's become such a staple of college basketball. And, you know, that's what I think is going to be kind of sad about this deal because not only are, you know, you've got Roy Williams and like, he's is not surprising to see him retiring, but think about the page that we're going to be starting to turn here in the not-so-distant future with college hoops, where you're going to lose a Roy Williams. You, Coach K is You're going to lose off. a guy like Coach K. Yep. Lon Kruger, obviously, just retired. Um, you know, There's numerous other ones that, that are going to be in that same boat here before too incredibly long, where you know the balance of power in college basketball could shift to an extent. And that's what I think will be interesting to, to follow with the North Carolina deal is, are they going to go for a Carolina guy uh, to take over, which I think is probably the most likely scenario, you know, a Hubert Davis or a Wes Miller who's at UNC Greensboro. But, uh, like, what if Scott Drew went there? You know, like, there's some coaches out there, man, that you think if they got the resources of a Carolina, that would be terrifying. Uh, and, and Scott Drew, what a name to pull there because he's not a very old guy either. No. Um, I, I don't know why when, you, when you're talking about the... the basketball coaches with North Carolina, if you're a 61-year-old man right now, you've been alive for four North Carolina basketball coaches. Right. Um, now, replacing the last one, it took a couple misses, right? Who was it? Matt uh, Doherty. And Bill Guthridge? Yeah, I think that's right. If yeah. I didn't have the Wikipedia up in front of me, I never would have pulled that. He yeah. was there for four years. Yeah. And Doherty uh, was only Doherty there, was there for, for three. I was say, he was oh, only there for like three Well, I guess three apiece, because Guthridge was there 97 through 2000, and then uh, Doherty 2000 to 2003. But my, my point being, they will probably try to get somebody that's going to repeat that, mm-hmm. go to a, be there a very long time. Um, you, It's funny, we, right before we got going, you said you didn't really see much on the boards about possible replacements. And I'm as we were talking about this, I'm trying to run through some of the you know, North Carolina guys that would that that could fit back there, or that are even in the coaching ranks right now, the Roy Williams tree. Who's in that? That would be. Well, yeah, that's why Wes Miller, who's one of probably the best mid-major coaches in the country right now, he's at North Carolina Greensboro, and he played for Roy's 2005 national championship team. With, okay. uh, but I mean, yeah, obviously not a huge name by any means. Uh, Hubert Davis, who was on ESPN for a long time, has been an assistant for Roy, and he played at North Carolina uh, under Dean Smith. So, like, he's another guy that ties I think there, would, yeah, yeah. would and, probably and that's be an a obvious name. one. Yeah. But, I mean, after that, like, the problem really is that so many of those guys that were on his really good, on Roy Williams' really good teams are not that old, you know? Like, and, yeah, I mean, a, point, yeah. like, if a Tyler Hansborough that's wanted to be a coach, of, like, I don't know what he's doing, but he could probably still be playing professionally and somewhere. And Hansborough was... Pretty early in Roy's. Well, no, they won the title in 2009 with Ty Lawson. So about so, halfway yeah, through, about I halfway guess. Through. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think I think Sean May is in coaching now, and he was the best player on his 2005 well, national no, title team. But I I don't know. Like I don't think that Sean Michael May would probably be Jordan. Heard that name? Uh, 
No, can, <laughs> doesn't ring a bell. You know, uh, James Worthy. Uh, what's James Worthy doing nowadays? Yeah, right. Uh, but that, like, that's what's going to be interesting. Is just there isn't that obvious guy. Like when the, that last time that they had to find a coach, it was automatically it's Roy. Roy it's right. Roy Williams, you know. But now, just because of the nature of, I guess, the kind of players, and it's even the same. Like if Coach K retires. Immediately, there's a whole list of guys that you could yeah. throw out, whether it's Wojo or yeah. Jeff Capel or the Hurley brothers or, you know, even a Nolan Smith and John Shire who are on his staff right now. Like, those guys are guys who, you know, if they took that job, it wouldn't feel like they were skipping a beat. What are the chances that you pull a, uh, a Dan Gable here and uh, they, they, they go across town and North Carolina pulls a Duke guy in? Any, I mean... <sighs> I, I cannot imagine that rivalry. Dude, a, I think that would be of, way too hot. To, that to list do something of dudes like that. that you just said is a hell of a lot better than I don't know or Scott Drew. Yeah, right. Or, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, or I mean, Wes Scott, Miller. Yeah, I don't or, mean yeah. Scott. Yeah, Wes Miller. But yeah, no, that's not a, that's not a splash. No, no. You're right. When Duke, there, the use four of those names, five of those names are splashes on the Duke side, and great coaches, proven mm-hmm. coaches. That's wild. That all right now for North Carolina, you don't really have that, and that's probably where the. The void that they had in the Guthridge years and the and yeah. the Doherty years comes into play just yeah. because they don't have those guys from like the late nineties and the early span, yeah, yeah that they that that would be the sweet spot of guys to come in and potentially fill that void and that I think Hubert Davis played on like the ninety the team that beat the Fab Five I I want to say that's right but I'm not hundred percent certain on that but so he would kind of be in that same void but another guy that immediately jumped to mind as a possibility for that job was Chris Beard. At Tech, yeah. who at that time when I was first texting with my friend about this was the head coach at Texas Tech. Well, apparently that's not the case anymore. Chris Beard is headed to Texas, likely to be one of the highest paid coaches in college basketball, potentially could be paid more than even uh, Steve Sarkeesian is to be the football coach at the University of Texas. And man, you know, I, I see all these people talking about, oh, this is great for Iowa State that Chris Beard is going to. Te-. No, I'm terrified. I am terrified. Why, Chris Beard is the best coach in college basketball. Tell me, for, 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 tell me first the reason why it's a good, why people say it's a good thing for Iowa State. Uh, just because it'll take Texas Tech back to the mean of what that program has been more historically, where they just were, you know, obviously early. And when I was covering Iowa State, they were bad with Tubby Smith, and they did not win many games at all. But and it was kind of one that you could chalk chalk up more often than not. You're going to win those games. My concern is, two years ago, they played for the national championship. They're going to get a good coach. There's no question of whether or not you can win basketball games in Lubbock, Texas. So, like, do you have Chris Beard? No. But he's got good people on his staff right now. Why don't, I mean, they could hire one of them, you know. They could hire another, whoever else. Like, that's a good, a place that has shown that they will pay mm-hmm. people to come and coach basketball. Steve, or Chris Beard made $4.5 million a year this past season, or for the past several years. And he, like I just said, he played for the national title and came a last second shot away from winning it in Lubbock, Texas. Like, I have no reason to believe that they can't get another good coach. And now to give a guy like that the resources the that resources, Texas will provide. Yeah, the resources right. that you have at the University of Texas, the exposure that you have on the national scale to where he can go and get guys from anywhere. Hmm. Good luck, everybody. I, I was telling my friend this weekend, I was like, man, if Bill Self left today, at left Kansas and went to be the, you know, Greg Popovich retires, Bill Self's new head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. I think Chris Beard is the only coach in college basketball that I would sit there, if they hired him as the next coach of Kansas, 
you could make an argument that he might they might have upgraded and it would be one that it's probably it's a stretch t- a and tough argument people, but yeah, you'd make it yeah it, well i i'm not saying i would but you could in theory make it <laughs> I, and I it would and legitimately I, point, have it make sense taken. like right. most people can't make that like most coaches out there you can't make an argument at all that they're anywhere close to being better than bill self chris but chris Beard's beard i think is one yeah. of those guys that is up there in that echelon of being right there in the same conversation as bill self is one of the best coaches in college basketball any uh, any hierarchy on how these hirings you think will go? I mean, it sounds like completely different list of names. North Carolina, how long will how long will this take before they announce somebody? I wouldn't think it'll take long, especially if they yeah. if they stay in the Carolina Carolina family. I think is what yeah. they call it, which I think they will. Yeah, right? I, mean, I think that's it's a big thing. Over time, you've proven that that's that's a, that's a thing. That's a thing in, in Ames. Yeah. It's a thing in Ames. That's definitely a thing in Chapel Hill. Well, yeah, especially with the success that they've had. So I don't right. think that one will probably take very long. Obviously, the Chris Beard thing is is basically done. I would imagine Texas Tech is not going to take over. Because if I'm Texas Tech, I'm like, okay, who here can we trust to take this thing over? I, I think that that's the best case scenario is you just hire someone from his staff that's been around him. There's an assistant named, I think his name's Eric Martin, who is a, uh, has been with Chris Beard for a long time. And has been a head coach at the junior college and uh, and Division two level. I think has won basically everywhere that he's ever been, and is like the defensive coordinator for Chris Beard. That's a guy like if you're trying to keep that same mold, go and try and hire him. Um, he was someone that I thought you know if Iowa State wanted to dip into the the Big Twelve assistant pool, if you didn't go with Jerome Tang at uh, at Baylor, then you look at a you know you look at an Eric Martin. Heck, Jerome Tang could be in the mix at, at Texas Tech, and it wouldn't surprise me with what all he's done at uh, at Baylor. So you know I don't know, and, and it'll be interesting to see even with Oklahoma. I saw before we came in here that Grant McCaslin at, at North Texas and and even Porter Mosher are supposedly candidates for that one. So um, either way, they're gonna, there's going to be more good coaches coming into this league. You know you know people joke Steve, uh, T.J. Otzelberger's seventh longest tenured coach in the league <laughs> That's now. Crazy, but, <laughs> but it's the coaches that are coming in are going to be good because there's good basketball schools that care about basketball and, and they're going to pony up the money it takes to get good coaches. Uh, you want me to stick around to the top of the hour? Yeah, yeah. I'd sounds love good. To. Yeah, right. I'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show presented by Mechdyne here in the Morning Sports Station, 1460 KX Snow and 106.3 FM. Hey, y'all. Brent Bloom here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds. And they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim Mullen and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. And always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet. Or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. 
proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life, Carl Chevrolet. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams. I take a lot of pride in how my lawn looks. I have. I grew up in a family where my dad owned a lawn care service. I, it's just in my blood. That's why I trust my friends at A-plus Lawn and Landscape each and every year. I've been a customer of theirs for probably eight to nine years, something like that. I let them handle the chemicals. And I also know how important fall aeration with overseeding can be for your lawn. AplusLawn.com. You can call them at 515-368-8603. Let them do the hard stuff. You can still mow, do all that fun stuff. Of course, they'll do it for you if you want. But I let them do the difficult stuff. AplusLawn.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Got to get that aeration done, guys. Time's running out. This year has brought challenges unlike any other. Challenges impacting every one of us in some way. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in time of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will benefit every aspect of the university, Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 30,000 first-time donors. These gifts total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign, now in its final year, has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size, and the impact is seen across campus. During these challenging circumstances, the generosity of Iowa State donors is what keeps the heart of campus beating. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns. That helps farmers care for the pigs. They protect the pigs from extreme temperatures, predators, you know, all that stuff. It is so high-tech, some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing, and they're doing it all to feed our world. And, and, don't forget about this, so you can have some of that delicious Iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall. From everyone at Cyclone Fanatic, I'm Chris Williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. 
The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa, and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show presented by Mechdyne here on the Morning Sports Station, 1460 KX. No, 106.3 FM. Jared Stansbury joined again here by Ross Peterson. Man, I, I was listening to your guys' show earlier on in the in the week, and I thought that the conversation you guys had about name, image, and likeness, especially, you know, I thought your conversation you had with J- uh, Jordan Bohannon was yeah. really good. Yeah, I thought he was really... You can tell he spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah, yep. and his meeting with the NCAA was this morning. Uh, him and Geo Baker and Isaiah Livers from Michigan, I know, had their Zoom call with Mark Emmert. Uh, I don't think that they got the guarantees that they were hoping to get, Yeah. Uh, which, frankly, I can't say I'm surprised based no. on the way that the NCAA has operated in recent memory. Man, there are things about this, though, that can... Cons- they don't concern me, but they're like questions. Like, yeah. and I'm all on, like, I'm all about it. But they're devil's advocate. Type yeah, yeah, there should be. There's, there will be unintended consequences of this. That's one of the things I was trying to get out of Jordan. Like, have you thought about some of the stuff that you haven't thought about? Yeah, and that's where. Okay, so this is like a completely hypothetical deal, and obviously this is a big story because of what's happening in in the Supreme Court as well. Yesterday they had their hearing with. Uh, with the NCAA's lawyers, where the lawyers got completely eviscerated by... Seemed like they got the smackdown yeah, from the notes that, I read. The NCAA could not have probably come out of that looking any worse yeah. than what they did. It was as if they could look any worse than what I mean, they make it, themselves it is, look at the like time. Reading, that, reading the stuff that the uh, Supreme Court justices were saying to the NCAA, it, uh, it, there were parts of it that felt like transcripts from the fanatics over the last several years. I was like, yeah, 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 I've said that. Yeah, I've said that. Mm-hmm. I've said those things. That's right. This is all. This has all been a scam for a long time. And anyway, so well, yeah, it's, it, it was g- good to hear smart people say it. And it's funny because they simplify it in such a way. Yeah. And it's like obviously they're supposed to kind of go into it with this, like they don't really kind of know what's going on, you know. But when they would say, "You guys are basically colluding as a group to just say that we're not going to pay anybody anything," and Brett Kavanaugh, I, uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh says. That's kind of disturbing. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, and like that, and that I tweeted that out. I was like, yeah, welcome to college sports, my man. Like, <laughs> dude, come on, dude. I've been, I have called the NCAA an illegal collusion of competing organizations set to fix the price and the salaries for their incoming labor. That's what. It's exactly what it is. It's a collusion. It's an illegal collusion. The NCAA is, but it's never been called out. And and I'm just some kid that dropped out of DMAC that doesn't know any better, right? And I and I, I say that a lot because. I am a dummy. I'm really not that smart of a guy. I, I'm able to say what I'm thinking really well. I'm, I'm really good with my words. And for a long time, I've watched the NCAA and I thought, man, this is wrong. This is really, really wrong. Not that. It's, it's not a completely one-sided argument. A free tuition is an amazing thing. It's an amazing opportunity. Right. We don't want to discount that. Like it, I know right. people always get fired up and say, well, and, I have such and such amount of dollars and, in student and, loans. And Jared, and I, a guy called in yesterday and said, Ryan Ross, you always dismiss that so easily. And I do, uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to stop doing that. And But I, I also want, it, I've always kind of done that to make a point. Like to, to, 
to be pointed, to use the conversation quickly and get through it. But that, but that's a great point to always make. That getting a free education is not something that everybody has an opportunity for, and it's an awesome, awesome opportunity, and it should not be poo-pooed in any way. However, that that arrangement that was made 60 years ago for the NCAA and the athletes, which said, we think fair compensation for you coming here and doing it, doing this is your tuition and your room and board and that swap, okay? At the time, that was a, a couple thousand dollars worth of value. And at the time, coaches in those at those institutions made about two times the average working man's salary in, in, in a community, okay? So as the, as the equation started to move, one thing never changed in there, and it was what the compensation was for those kids. Now, the value of that has changed, and I would argue the value of that at, at certain places is not what it's pitched to be mm-hmm. or, the, or the sticker price of it is. But that's not, it's a value. There's a, there's a value to that. But the coaches are now making millions of dollars. Even the coaches in the sports that don't make money are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if even $100,000. When, when the average salaries in these communities have not kept pace with anything close to that. Right. So the, so the pie has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And instead of it being divided in those same ways that it was earlier in the 60 years ago, the players and the athletes are still getting that very tiny little slice that they were getting before. And that's always that that has always been the argument here is that the reason that they've been held down there is because of an illegal collusion called the NCAA where all of these institutions got together and where they should have been competing for the best kid. Jared Stansbury's uh, uh, let's enhance just a few things here. How tall are you? Six, six seven, seven. Six yeah. seven. Jared Stansbury, six seven. He's got handles like KD. The guy can shoot like Steph Curry. And every institution in America wants him to come play college basketball for one year for them before he signs a multi million dollar contract in the NBA. Okay. How that should work and how it works in every other country in the world is these institutions come knocking on your door and it's a blank check. And they all get to fill in what they think you're going to be worth. And they say, Jared, we are going to offer you these things. We're going to offer your family this stuff. And you say, okay, thanks. Got another showing coming in here in a, in a few minutes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you do that. You're in a, you're in a seller's market now, right. brother. And you get to let all these buyers come in and say, hey, man, here's what I think about you and your property. And, and, and I, and I want to I give you a lot of money if you come play for me. But the NCAA stepped in a long time ago and said, no, 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 no. We're all going to play under these same fake rules that say that we can't give them anything. Wink, 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 wink. And if you do give them something, you know, we're going to have you hand your wrist out and we'll slap it a little bit. But it's such a joke. And and it was so nice to hear those words that I've said on the radio be used by really smart people to say, wait a minute, we didn't. We hadn't looked at it through this lens that this isn't this is an illegal collusion, what you guys are doing. Well, and it. This is kind of a side thing, but just a point that while you were talking, I, this is why I don't think soccer would ever really catch on in America in that sense. Because in like in a Europe where if where you really can make huge money playing soccer, where you make like the most money playing that sport, yeah. When you're like 17, you can get signed to play professional soccer. Oh, oh, Jared, it, when you're like 12, okay, well, yeah, so, you you so, can get into an organization. Absolutely, and it, it, dude, that soccer is people hate conversations about soccer because they hate soccer. Soccer is such a great example for so many of our conversations that we have in this country. Youth sports, primarily, 
and then this, and then how professional sports are molded. Um, because in, in in Europe, it's one big conversation about this. If a kid is really talented in America, he better have parents that can help him get on the best teams. We wonder why soccer hasn't exploded at the professional level here, and why our our international team sucks. And we've got to we have to literally get guys that are cut from other countries, make them become U.S. citizens, and then put them on our team. We have a, a shambled B squad for year for a decade mm-hmm. that we call our national team. Why is that? Because those dudes that are on those teams, they were poor kids, a lot of them. But the sport found them, and the sport nurtured them, and the sport let them become superstars and, and, and become the athletes that they were born to be. In America, we don't do that. In America, it's you, if you can't pay to be on the club team, because the club team's getting the best coaches, so those kids that aren't really the best, but their parents can afford it, they're getting the best opportunities. And it's not there's no bad motives. It's are good parents doing the right thing for their kids. But then it doesn't pan out. They max out at 16, 17, 18. Right. Right? So it, so in, in, in Europe, they've got youth sports mastered better than we do. And then when it comes to the professional model, you're never too early to be a professional. As soon as somebody is willing to walk in and say, we want to pay you money to play soccer, that's when, you're, that's when you become a pro. Yeah. Well, and, and that's where like someone like Christian Pulisic, who plays for the yeah. United States national team, would never even have considered playing collegiate soccer in the United States. No. Ever. Because he was he's so good and like obviously he's the hope for the US national team. But he's so good that it's like, okay, well I'm gonna go to Europe and make money when I'm exactly. seventeen years old and play professionally. Yeah. You know? We, do we actually have uh, maybe I mean, because the menace have had a few of these kids. I would say in the, in my time that I've been paying attention to the menace. There's maybe been a half dozen guys that are born and raised here in central Iowa, Johnston kids, Waukee kids, Norwalk kids, that play professional soccer. They're professional athletes here mm-hmm. out of central Iowa, but they just don't live here. They, they live in, in somewhere in Europe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Really yeah, cool. That was, the, that was my aside here that, that brought that up. But yeah. uh, the thing that I'm concerned about, one of the things I'm concerned about, one, I think that the athletes – sometimes are probably overestimating what their value is to an extent on like the open market, Yeah, you know, here. And I know that you have made this point here. Their value is going to be higher than it would be, you know, in Tuscaloosa where there's a ton of kids. Yeah. But people want to sit here and talk to me about social media. Okay. Well, everybody's on social media. Okay. Well, you've got this amount of followers, you know, like I saw this thing that came out earlier this week that, you know, the six highest followed athletes on Instagram are women's basketball players, and then it's like Jalen sucks. Okay, so hypothetically, what's to say that Nike goes to the 10 highest paid or the highest followed athletes on social media and says, we're going to pay you 10 people each year. We're going to pick the 10 best college athletes with the highest social media following, and then everybody else, we you get nothing. We're just going to pay you guys a boatload. Yeah, And then... Over time, they start spending so much money there, they start to see the return on the engagement from social media. And then when, you know, Alabama State's Nike deal comes up, they say, well, we don't need you guys anymore. We've got these people. We don't need, you know, we don't need Drake to wear Adidas gear. We don't need whatever entered such school here to wear Under Armour. And then 
because we've got our advertisers now and they're the 10 people that get the most or whatever number 50 people that get the most exposure on social media yeah. and then these kids that have been benefiting from getting gear getting all these kinds of things they don't have those things anymore and these schools that benefited from yeah. getting that money and i would real quick because i know some people their brain stopped when you said drake and they're screaming at their radios and drake was maybe a bad example because they're that program is getting to that echelon well oh, they will yeah, continue no, to get I, it but like yeah. but, but but great examples you went to Simpson. Yeah. Well, you guys had a, you had some sort of deal there. Yeah, I mean, we wore Nike, but I, I, we probably I, didn't listen, get paid. Or I, like you they, didn't get paid. No, 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 no. But I can almost promise you in some way that Xander's and the AD down there had worked out some deal. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, that with Grandview, they're, they're, each program kind of makes its own sort of deals. Mm-hmm. That they are, they're making those deals in the fringes of yeah. Nike. Those fringes go away. That's the point you're making. Right, right. Is that the more the smaller schools, the smaller schools, right? And I I do think it'll trickle into like D1. Yeah. At some level, the very low levels that that thought will trickle in, but it will really, really rear its ugly head at smaller, smaller schools. D2, D3, NAIA that are getting those deals that that might not be there in a while. I mean, somebody will step in and fill the gap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing Pumas right now. Pumas starting to get back into the game a bit. Somebody will step in and fill that gap. But your point is is very valid that it will have un- all of these unintended consequences are going to come in. There's no doubt about that. And I think Jared, the what I was trying to talk to Jordan Bohannon about the other day was these sorts of things. Like there are going to be things that are come up. That in the as they come up, people are going to go put their palm their head and go, "Oh my God, we didn't realize that we had done this thing. We need to stop this thing." No, 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 no. What the 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 motive here is is good. The motive here is to start to kind of change this a little bit so that it is a little bit more equitable for the athletes while they're there. Um, not trying to make, not trying to say the coaches don't deserve millions of dollars. We're not trying to say that these athletic departments aren't really expensive to try to run. We just think that the equations need to be changed a little bit. And when we're doing this, it's going to get ugly. There's going to be some things that happen that we're going to, and and I think some some athletic directors and maybe even some some uh, uh, presidents might act out of spite in mm-hmm. some ways to say, oh oh, you want to tell me how to do? Oh, we'll watch this. Yeah. Um, all of that's going to happen. Okay, but the, I, and, and all of the things you said are true. By the way, that a lot of these guys, it's not going to change anything. Guys and girls. And a lot of these college athletes, it's not going to change a darn thing for them. Um, going to be a very small number. That's why the name, image, likeness. When this first got get kicked around, I almost was disappointed that this was where the goal had been set. But I think this is the first step mm-hmm. in eventually being able to do the thing that I've talked about, which is actually break the pie up a little bit. Right now, allow these kids the chance to 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 profit off of their own little image and likeness for a little period of time that that's going to exist. Yeah, and that's where I heard what you guys talked about with high school athletics and what you were talking about with Des Moines Public Schools and leaving yeah. the CIML and things like that. And you were talking about the equity and the opportunity to play and to be able to have the chance to play and be on a level playing field, a level playing field, yeah, right. quote unquote. Right. The trickle down of this, in my mind, will hurt the people that are lower down. And in theory, the yeah. things, the people that are the lower down are the ones that are giving the opportunities. Like, Iowa That's, State's always going to be able to give people opportunities. But someone like Grandview, like Simpson, yeah. like Central, like... Though that's probably maybe too extreme. But specifically... Yeah, I don't, I don't the think H, so. I the don't HBCUs. Think yeah. 
Yeah. Those are the ones that in my mind will be hurt the most by these kinds of things. And that's what my concern is that eventually you start to lose some of those opportunities where there's there can't be 400 schools in Division 1 college basketball where there's not thousands and thousands of places to go and play college basketball if you want to play college basketball or college football or whatever it may be. That is my yeah. concern. It's like the richer get the rich get richer because of the fact that like they're the ones that are still going to get the most exposure and are going to get all Jared, these this, things, but uh, then no one else gets things because the companies allocate yeah. their money in a different way. <laughs> you have you have a different such a different perspective on this, and it's that's a really good thing because I hadn't hadn't looked at it like that way. When you when people say the rich get richer, and everybody agrees with that that that's something that will happen here. Um, I look at that as I, I think of the rich as that one percent. Mm-hmm. Getting better, the Kentucky in, in for college basketball, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas. You're right that it is it, it, on the broader scope. It's also true, and if you look at the broader scope, the one percent does include the UNIs, the Drakes, the Iowa's, the Iowa States, because it doesn't include all of those D threes and 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 everything below it, and a lot of D ones. Like I said, that's a it. That's a good point, and uh, I don't know what the impact of it will be. I think somebody steps in. I think that there's there's such value in that still. Even though the Nike dollars will be spread a different way, the Adidas dollars, other other groups will step into that because they'll see that there's value in t- teaming up with those universities and institutions. So it, it'll change. It's going to change some stuff, and I think that's some one of those unintended consequences and things I hadn't thought about that it'll change. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and again, like I, I agree with the general principle. I know you do. Like I, I'm yeah. not... But it's a devil's That's advocate. That's a really thing good where it's point, just, man. It's, because I, I think that right now in this time that we're in, like to get kids opportunities like this, that's what college sports really is supposed to be about, especially at those levels. I mean, it's about getting kids to go to school there as much as anything. But like, so I've been reading John Thompson's autobiography, hmm. and that's what he talked a lot about with Georgetown. Was in his mind, he looked at it as a way to get kids who would never have an opportunity to get an education in education. And so like when Prop 42 and came out in the late 80s and they tried to get, do away with Prop 48, which made it to where partial qualifiers could not qualify for athletic scholarships, he pushed back on that so hard because of the fact that the education system in this country is not equitable. Hmm. Not everybody gets taught the same. So when you hold things to a standard where everybody is at this set standard, oh, you got to get this GPA and you got to get this SAT or ACT score, okay, but we don't know what this kid was being taught in his school compared to this kid. So why would we punish this kid? Because he went to a worse high school than this kid. And that's where it's like, there's the all these things that like come into this stuff that like I don't want to see where because like someone's good enough to go and play at Alabama or because someone's good enough to go and play at Kentucky or... Iowa State, even Drake, like those schools probably would be okay. But I don't want to see that happen to where then like there's schools out there that can't afford to give opportunities at, you know, a Northwest Missouri State or a Grand Valley State or Minnesota Duluth or like Division II type places. Or, and again, the HBCUs and places like that, that are those really small schools. It still seems like such a, I, John Thompson's right. And that's a noble thing. It still seems like such a weird hoop to me. There's information in the world. You can be taught that information if you come play basketball. Yeah, no, and I, <laughs> and I, 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 and I get it. Yeah. I, you're, that's that's the way the world works. Yeah, and I, it's just still to me one of those things that when when I step outside of 
When you step moment, outside of it, it's really and, stupid. And you go, you go, it's oh, really stupid. This is wild. Reminds me of the Meek Mill thing, standing in the courtroom, and the judge says, "Tell you what, you can get out if you bust out a few bars of Boys to Men for me." Right. <laughs> and like, like it's on its surface when you are not in that scope, like it's really dumb. Yeah. You know, from yeah, the an outsider's the, but perspective, is, but, but it's unfortunately it's true. And look at the guys that have benefited from it. I yes. Mean, Patrick Ewing has, you can't deny that Patrick Ewing's had an amazing life and has been, turned that into uh, something way bigger than just being a basketball player from Georgetown or a Hall of Famer from New York. Um, and I would say the same thing about Allen Iverson, a guy that I misunderstood for a really long time. Um, Kevin Matumbo, Alonzo Mourning. Would those guys mm-hmm. have had opportunities somewhere? Yes. Yeah. It, they would have. Yeah. What, but again, it, it, it all would have trickled down and. And, uh, and and affected other things that butterfly effect. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right, thank I appreciate you, for, you coming I love in, man. This, yeah. man. I love chatting with that was you. That's good always. conversation, dude. I, I didn't anticipate getting deep like that, but that was good. Yeah, thanks. Know. That's what we do. Thanks again to McDine for uh, being the presenting sponsor of Cyclone Fanatic Radio. We'll be back here on the Morning Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, one hundred six point three FM next week.